They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Might seem crazy, what I'm about to say. Sunshine, she's here and you can't take a break. I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space. What? With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way? Is ridiculous. This song sounds stupid. This doesn't make me happy. This isn't positive at all. This hot is hot air balloons make you happy. Who wrote that? Pharrell. Oh, he's one of the greatest songwriters ever. Oh. But that's this sounds stupid. Welcome everybody. This was supposed to be a nice homage to Chris Worth. That's right. The positivity man himself. Yeah. Well, Chris, you're gonna have to amp up your game because that song was stupid. Sorry, brother. It was ridiculous, and it did not make me happy. So welcome. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Thoughts at Rock. We're so happy that you guys joined us. This is our podcast that uh, really exchanges two pieces of life-changing advice. We try and do that in about a half an hour. That's the truth. And I'm assuming that we probably have a sponsor this week. Do we have a sponsor? Seriously, we do? We do. Who is it? Jim, the green giant has done it again. Ho, ho, ho. The same veggie creations you love are now available in exciting new varieties. That means more chances to swap in veggies and more reasons to be jolly. I don't care if you're talking about the cauliflower gnocchi, Jim. Maybe veggie spirals. It's spaghetti squash or sweet potato rotini. Download your coupon, Green Giant. I love it. Don't discount that for dessert. Obviously, this podcast is a great way to get some free weekly leadership. But if you want something more, (laughs) we are handing out coupons to Green Giant at Certified Rockstar. This is our fully customized experience. You know, we we do some training out there around culture and leadership. And now Black Sheep Values, which is based off of your book which we love. And uh, listen, we've got a half-day version, a full-day version, a multi-day mastermind version, and now a virtual version. you got to go and check out all the options and all the cool stuff that we do there, including giving away gift certificates to grow <laughs> Jolly Green Giant. Go to certifiedrockstar.com. Do us a huge favor. Yeah, I will. Maybe do us a little favor. That would be just as fine as well. And yeah. that's if you like the show. I do. Please take a moment. I have. To give us a five-star rating. Done. Write a review. I have. But not just a review. A review that includes the secret word, Jim. What's the secret word? <laughs> Today's secret word jolly. is jolly. <laughs> it is jolly. J-O-L-L-Y. It's perfect. If you can squeeze jolly into your five-star review. What are they going to get? They're going to get a coupon for a green giant. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Thoughts that rock <laughs> help support Cannonball Kids Cancer. And uh, every time you give us that rating, it helps us build this audience, which allows us to donate more money to their work and their research of Truth. finding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. Please go check them out at cannonballkidscancer.org. 
O-R-G. Yeah, they are fantastic. And listen, we know how busy you are. And it might be that, yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on in your life, but you think about how can I step away every once in a while to just amp up my life? Personally, professionally, it doesn't really matter. How can I make my little dishes better? Yeah, how can you, by the way? Maybe with some cauliflower gnocchi from Green Giant. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking about that. You could be doing that. Maybe it's a taco bake with cauliflower veggie tots, Jim. Maybe, maybe that's what you're doing right now. Maybe you are making an easy skillet of chicken, rice, cauliflower, perhaps spaghetti squash with tomato and goat cheese. Mm, that sounds good. We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Ho, ho, ho. Green Giant. Rock on. Our guest today is Chris Worth, who is the founder and president of No Quit Living, mm-hmm. a speaking and training and coaching company that focuses on helping people with accountability, goals, networking, leadership, personal development, mentoring. First and foremost, Chris, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, guys. Oh, listen, man, we love you. Uh, you're, the whole messaging, everything you're everything you're about, we're going to have is full bio, of course, in the show notes. Yeah. Um, full disclosure, uh, I was uh, very fortunate and blessed to be able to, to be on Chris's podcast, which is a top 50 podcast, No Quit Living. Um, if you are unfamiliar with that, you've got to get over there. The content is amazing. His guests are amazing. I mean, he had me. Uh, right. Jim, maybe someday he'll have One you. One day. Yeah. We'll have to wait till you get to that level. But I've got to be, to- be a little bit more positive <laughs> <laughs> before that happens. But anyway... <laughs> A couple of quick highlights. Uh, Chris is a former high school and collegiate basketball coach. Cool. Um, As part of uh, his current role at No Quit Living, he's a keynote speaker, of course, uh, an author with his book, The Positivity Tribe, which I just received and have been digging into. It's fantastic. Um, He's also, as I said, a fellow podcaster with uh, No Quit Living, which is the top 50 podcast, which is about spreading positivity and hope to the masses. So, you know, honestly, this is why one of the reasons why we had to have him on Um, positivity and hope are are two incredibly important things. Hope being one of my black sheep values, as most of our listeners know. Um, But that uh, is just fantastic. So listen, man. We didn't want to sort of get too deep on the on the uh, background side of things. We like to jump right to the meat and potatoes. We're going to give you the floor. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. My thought that rocks is is very simple. It's something that has been ingrained with me since an early part of my childhood. My father was a coach for many many sports for me, and he impacted the power of positivity in in my life, not only on the sports fields and courts, but also in in life in general. And the underlying tone of that is just the importance of never giving up. And we face challenges each and every day. I think for all your listeners, 2020 has been one of, if not the most Mm -hmm. challenging years in many of our lives. And the importance is it's to never give up and the importance is to keep going. And I think Jocko Willink says it, it very powerfully in regards to so many of his amazing speeches is don't give up today. You know, keep going. Don't throw in the white towel today. It doesn't mean you're signing a 30-year mortgage for never giving up, but it means you're not going to give up <laughs> right. today and you're going to come back tomorrow. And I think where we are, in, not only in the country, but throughout the world, I think it's a message and I think it's a thought that we all should support each other. We all should be more inspiring and we should be more encouraging. And I think you said, a brand, a word that 
is is so powerful as hope. And I think in 2020, it's it's a word that we all need to not only say more, we need to hear it more. But the reality is we need to mean it more with what we say, what we see, what we talk about and the things that we spread to ourselves as well as others. Boy, first right out of the gate. I mean, for sure, especially in this era, in 2020, we need hope more than ever before. And I know it's not just an empty sort of, you know, rally cry out there. I think there are people that are really looking for some positivity. And, uh, but I don't know that I ever remember a year that people have said, I can't wait till, you know, 2021. I can't wait for the new year to happen to just sort of put this one in the, in their back pocket. But honestly, the stuff that you talk about, it's fantastic. And of course, you know, you use something like never give up. The first thing I think about is, you know, Titanic, you know, it's the, it's uh Jack saying to Rose, never give up Rose. And I knew it was going to be bigger than this, but that's where my mind went, Brant. Why, why are you rolling your eyes? Chris, <laughs> Chris, this is the difference between Jim and myself. It's I, not the only difference. I go to the quintessential Jim Valvano speech, which should be the reference he is going for for Never Give Up. But Was he, he in Titanic? Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did everything but describe the scene to you of which <laughs> this, this was said. Yes. It, it was at two hours and 14 minutes when Jack looked at I don't even Was it Jack? I don't even know the guy's name. It's all right. I'll, I'll show you the movie later. I know the boat sank. How's that? <laughs> it, did, it, it did sink. You, you were right. And, uh, Great. Not to cut you off. Not to cut you off, Brad, but I, um, I, I was. That's exactly what I thought. Is whenever I give my speeches, you know, it's not about Jim Valvano. It's not about you know those amazing comebacks. It's it's really about Titanic. And I need to thank you because now I'm going to completely change <laughs> yes. all of my uh, my speeches, and I'm going to play that one scene and just come out and jump and see that's who right. uh, who's still there when I come out. Chris, that, there's that little, room for both. That little flute <laughs> thing going on in the background. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, not not quite where I was going with it, but you know, I think that here's here's what I what I know, man, and and um, I love this thought, of course, but I come back to if people are gonna if we're if we're gonna tell people not to give up, uh, we also should try to help them with a plan as to. You know, you can't just cross your fingers and hope that things are going to get better. You got to have some sort of of work that you're going to put in to to try to you know better your situation. I go back to uh, Nick Saban, mm-hmm. uh, who who is famous for saying, "If you're not coaching, you're letting it happen," right? And that to me is is the same idea. In we don't want anyone to give up but we don't want you to wing it either. We want you to, to have some sort of a plan in place. So in your, your coaching practices, when you're working with people, Chris, what, what is it you hit them with the, we're not going to, you know, we, there's no giving up here. That's not on the agenda, but how do you help them take those first steps to forming a plan that they can actually follow? That's going to give them that hope to keep pushing when things get rough. You know, I appreciate, I appreciate that question. And I, I think it's important. And, the biggest thing that I think people miss is having that belief, having that idea, having that thought. But then it's it's need, it needs to be followed up with action. I think so many people miss that connection where it's they're putting themselves in that frame of mind and say, okay, I have the right mindset and I'm reading the books, and I'm listening to the podcasts, and I'm watching the videos. Now it's going to magically happen. And yeah, it's funny to, to say that. And obviously there's some humor to it. But the first thing that that we talk about with our clients is putting a plan in place. And 
just similar to you and what I love about your black sheep values and having done it myself and being part of, of your five week program now is actually taking either pen to paper or a, a keyboard and, and putting some of those words down. And we do the same type of thing with, with our clients is, is putting those things down on paper. So what is your goal or, or your objective? What is your challenge? What is your desire? Okay. Now let's, Let's verbalize it. Let's put it into a very specific definition, whether it's one, two or three sentences. And then we reverse engineer with our clients. Is OK, if you want to achieve this or accomplish this, what are those little steps you need to take? And I think in today's day and age, so many people look at the scoreboard chasing and they see the people that are unbelievably successful, you know, standing at, at the end of that race or holding that trophy. And what they don't realize is that there were hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and months of of action put behind that. And, and we like to take those specific things and we, we reverse engineer them into small wins into small steps. And, and being a sports guy, you know, we look at the concept and the idea of no championship season was ever lost or won in the first minute of the season, sure. you know? So we have those small wins. And when you small, when you compound those small wins along the way, they lead to huge victories. And I think one of the big things we want to focus with our clients is, is celebrating those small wins along the way, not getting too, too happy and too excited on those small wins, but also not focusing or over-focusing. If you, if you do miss something along the way and you don't hit a specific target, go back to that, that map we lay out with them and say, okay, here are the steps we've accomplished these four. Maybe we missed this one or this two let's readjust it. And let's really make sure that we have that plan in place because without a plan, without a map, you're not going to get to your end destination. And and do you think, Chris, maybe that this advice maybe has just been adjusted a little bit? Have you had to tweak it for 2020 just because there's so many people out there where the obstacles maybe are not necessarily self-imposed, right? Like there's a lot that is happening to people that is so completely out of their control you know, all that that you just said is fantastic. Have you had to adjust a little bit for, you know, the waves of things that are happening to people and for so many of your clients, perhaps? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. You know, the thing we talk about often is controlling the controllables. And, and obviously, in our in our day to day lives, personally, professionally, there are only really a few things that we can control 100 percent. Obviously, it doesn't mean we have no control, but there are a lot of things that we have to adjust to. Mm-hmm. With that said, 2020 has been the year where the controlling of the controllables is is almost you know one tenth of what it is. And, and one of the things we we try to focus on is, you know, really taking everything with a grain of salt. And John Gordon, who's who's a friend of mine and a mentor, he talks about positivity all the time. And the one thing that I love about how he discusses it and how he defines it is it doesn't mean that you ignore the reality of the situation. It doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge those tough times and difficult times. What it means is you do acknowledge them. You know that they're there, but you still try to attack that day, that challenge, that obstacle with the most positive approach. And it doesn't mean this, this Pollyanna, everything is perfect, but it does mean that no matter what you're going through, especially in 2020, I feel, we feel, and we talk with our clients, the best way to approach anything that's come up, come at us in 2020 is with a positive attitude. It doesn't guarantee success, mm-hmm. but it guarantees you're going to have a better opportunity of success than you if you approach it with a negative attitude. Yeah, you know, I... <laughs> The whole time you're telling you're telling us this story, I'm listening and I'm I'm having a flashback to uh, high school. So I, I played uh, four sports, five sports in high school, and and 
one of them was football. And I, I say that like I was, I, I was a kicker. So let's just, let's just, get that, <laughs> let's get that out there. Um, so, you know, I, I remember there was a, a game we were playing. Now my high school football team, first of all, football in New Hampshire is not like football in Florida. <laughs> let's just get that straight up. Okay. Cause we only, we have a very short window to play our season. Uh, and, uh, you know, so uh, my high school football team was horrendous. And I mean, like at one point we held the record for most consecutive losses in high school football nice. nationally. And, uh, so I thought what, what better way for me to join this team? <laughs> and, uh, I, I can remember I, I was a kicker. So I, we were facing this, uh, this team and they had a guy by the name of Ryan Mialco who, uh, went on to play for Notre Dame, was a running back for Notre Dame, a starting running back, I might add, for Notre Dame. And I do the kickoff. And look, when I kick off, I'm like, I'm done. I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the T I'm grabbing the T and I'm running off the field. Right. That is, that is the extent of what uh, is about to happen. Well, I look up. And normally I kick it, whatever, I was kicking it fairly deep into the end zone, right? And so I'm figuring it's over. Well, he caught the ball at the back of the end zone and he ran that ball out and got through everybody. And so it's him and me. Mm -hmm. And I am holding the tee in my hand because I'm ready to run off the field. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, this is happening. So I start to, to move towards him who outweighed me by a good 50 pounds. And I mean, he hit me like a Mack truck and I hit the ground so hard and, and didn't, I don't even think I slowed him down for half a second. Mm. Uh, he just, <laughs> I mean, bowled over me. I get up because Chris, I never give up. I get up and you threw the T to go to shut up. I get up to go to chase him. And as I get up and try to plant my foot to run, I get hit again so hard that I tore my groin muscle off the bone and, and oh. was out for, for six weeks. Oh my gosh. And I feel like that's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we got mowed over. We tried to stand up to pivot and we got destroyed a second time. It is so hard for people. I think they're so tired and, and exhausted from how, awful a year this has been for most of us mm -hmm. that when they hear something that's positive they want to punch us in the face mm -hmm. <laughs> right i mean that they they are they want to grab that ball and mow us over how do we approach someone who's been just battered so difficult so so much this year how do we approach them in a in a genuine way that isn't gonna be met with with a you know go f yourself which which is what i'm sure they're feeling at this moment you know that's a that's a really powerful question and i i appreciate you asking that and and i was gonna ask you too before you said that as if you if you thought about you know really throwing a tee at him you know <laughs> trying to hit him right in the face mask it might have slowed him down a little mm -hmm. bit a little bit um no but to, to answer your question I, I think it goes back to something i said in regards to John Gordon a couple minutes ago. And what we've done a lot with our clients is we've acknowledged that 2020 has been an unbelievably difficult year. I was just on a podcast yesterday and 
we were talking about that very same thing. And, and she had asked me, the, the host had asked me, you know, what, what, what do we do? What type of things do we say? And basically almost verbatim what you said, you know, don't you, she said, don't you feel some people don't want to hear that? And they've kind of had enough of enough of enough. And they say, you know, you know, we just want to fast forward this. And I think that that's definitely been the case for so many people, but we talked to our clients about changing the narrative a little bit. And the conversation we've had with a lot of our clients is we can't change 2020 as of right now. We can't go back to March or April or May. Right. We can't go. We can't go back to the first horrific presidential debate we had uh, a week ago. But what about the hope that in the year, two years, three years, five years from now, we'll be able to look back on 2020 and again, acknowledge that it was difficult. Unfortunately, there have been some some tragedies. There have been some people who lost family members and, and loved ones. So those things are not obviously going to be forgotten. But changing the narrative and saying, well, let's let's finish off 2020 knowing that we can't go back to March and April and May and change mm-hmm. it. And it's not going to be this Pollyanna, let's make everything perfect. Yeah. But what about changing the last three months of the year, the last two months of the year? So in one year, three years, five years time from now, we'll be able to look back and say, yes, 2020 was one of, if not the most difficult times in our entire country. But you know what? We came through it. I came through it, our marriage, our business. And going back to what I said prior is, is looking at some of those small victories. And if you only focus, not just, not just on the negatives and and the bad things, obviously it's going to be continually just going in your brain and you're going to think about it. And if you change a narrative a little bit and, and say, okay, well, what are some of the good things that happened? You know, what are some of the, the wins we had? Again, going back to those small wins. And, and when you change the narrative a little bit, it makes it easier to chew. It's never going to make everything perfect. It's never going to make 2020 a perfect year. But if you can take it from a level 10 being a horrific year and take it down to an eight, seven, or maybe even a six as you finish this, this year and head into 2021, I think it'll allow all of us to own the year a little bit, knowing that, you know, we did, we did struggle. We did get knocked down. But to your point, you know, we got back up and was it easy? Absolutely not. Was it simple? Of course not, but we did get through it and we made it together. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, Brand, if you would think like this, I know probably, you know, Chris does, I can tell already Chris is a, a, a you know, he's a product of Norman Vincent Peale, right? It's the power of positive thinking. And I think maybe without trying to get people to think and be positive, I mean, this is the game really that Chris is in. I still think you could be a role model for other people. And again, I don't know if you guys would feel this way, but I do feel guilty sometimes even posting on social media, some of the cool positive things that are going on in our lives. And I'm, and part of it is because we do get a chance to be out there a little bit more, whether it's speaking or here, you just launched a new book. Sure. You know, we've got all these great things going on, knowing the, 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 the crappiness of 2020 mm. And that some people have lost their job or lost somebody that they knew that they were close to. And here we are being, you know, we're we're doing the song and dance in front of people. You might feel a little bit guilty. Um, And, and, you know, uh, as a side note, you know, I have a brother who is in prison. He's in prison the rest of his life. And so I feel guilty sometimes for sending him letters. You know, you get very you know, it gets it gets short real quick when all you're doing is to say, hey, hope things are going well. You have to start talking about your life. And I get guilty about all the cool things that are going on. And so I've even asked him about that. And he's like, listen, I'm living vicariously through you. I need not necessarily that hope, but just that positivity, that light in the darkness actually matters. So, 
you know, maybe it isn't like you were saying, you're trying to be all positive and people want to punch you in the mouth. But <laughs> I think there's a swath of people out there that are probably watching us from a distance going, man, I need that. I don't have a lot of positivity going on in my life, but look at my buddy, look at my friend, look at my brother, whoever, who's doing really good Do I guess I could throw it over to both you guys, but is that, do you sort of look at it like that brand or Chris? Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Uh, sorry, you want me to go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think what you just said is is really powerful, and, and I think it's it's so true is is people i feel are yearning for for some of that positivity there they might might not cheer people on in regards to making comments on social media they might not respond or send that person a direct message but amidst this this challenging times there are people that still want to know that other people are being successful they want to know that other people are still accomplishing things and and to your mm-hmm. point brant of releasing a book you know, there are so many people that have reached out to us after we put our book out too and said, Hey, you know, tell me a little about the story and, and how, you know, what, what made you do it. And I was actually writing a different book in January and February of this year. And this idea and concept came about literally the third week of, of March during right when everything about to change. And I thought that exact same thing that you just shared is, you know, what, there's somebody that needs needs to hear this message. There's somebody that yeah. wants to be inundated with some of those positive quotes and some of those positive things. And I think they might not verbalize it to you or to other people, but people are watching. And, you know, the, the reality is that negativity sells. You know, you look at the news and things like that. But on the flip side of that, positivity also is contagious where people say, you know what, I want to see someone's success. I want to see someone succeed at this. And I want to see somebody try this. And I think the reality is in today's you know challenging times, the hope is that that one post or that one comment or that one video will inspire somebody to keep going or will inspire somebody to say, you know what, you know, yesterday was terrible or last week was, you know, the worst week of the year. But you know what? I want to keep going or I'd like to follow this guy or this girl on social media because mm-hmm. they're putting stuff out there that, you know, makes me, you know, smile a little bit and amidst these these crazy times. I know that there is some hope out there. Yeah. Boy, that that is that's a great way of looking at it. And and I'm glad, you know, again, Brant, you didn't get a chance to to answer on that, but I do think, you know, Chris again lives in this world. He's teaching that and you would almost think you have to you have to sort of believe that, but I it's good to hear that cuz I almost wanted some validation like am I being too you know, is it too much in somebody's face? You don't want it to be painful. You want it to be, you know, influential and impactful and people go 
oh, yeah, life's not as bad. Or, yeah, it is crappy right now, but I can turn it around and make it so much more positive just by my actions, my mindset, my behaviors, whatever it is. Um, Brant, what do you think before we, we talk about what our thought is? Well, I I think that sharing success is far more powerful in a community setting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a community that you are invested in and you know someone in your community has some sort of success, um, sharing that success is powerful, mm-hmm. right? Because they're invested in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a bystander, if you're not within a community, if you don't have that sort of support network, if you're somewhere in isolation, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It's really hard to be happy for someone else when your life sucks and mm-hmm. there's no one to commiserate with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's why I feel, and you and I have talked about this before, but it's why I feel that we are built for community. Um, you know, both to, to share in the successes, uh, to help lift the community, uh, at times when things aren't going as we want and to share in our failures, um, so that we don't bear the burden alone. And I, I feel like this just really makes me want people to, to get plugged into a, a community. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, when, when the the year has been as bad as it is, what's what's got me through is having, you know, a community, people like you that 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 are you know part of my inner circle that I can commiserate with, that I can call when something exciting happens, and you're genuinely happy for me. Mm-hmm. When I can call and say, "Well, this just blew up in my face," and you can you know be upset with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's one of those things that when you don't have that person or that community in your life, it's tough. Yeah, and and when things just dogpile on the rabbit, you know what I mean? And it's one thing after the next, and it's just bad news, bad news, bad news. You know, I, I will tell you that this is, and it's only been in the last maybe six weeks has been the first time I've ever contemplated just getting off of social media, like, Mm -hmm. like really getting off of social media. Um, because you're bad at it or <laughs> I'm sorry, you were going somewhere, Chris, this you is were part going of what, again, community, right? Um, it's yeah, I, not to interject, but yeah. I think you might want to change the uh, community. A yeah. bit over there. <laughs> I'm coming to your place. Um, <laughs> I've just been voted the, off the Island. The is, you know, the, the thing for me is, um, there's so much there is negativity. Yeah. There is so, so many people that I love that I disagree with vehemently with, I mean, to the point of, of fractured relationships that, um, it's hard for me to stay positive when I want to strangle people. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's, it's one of those things that it, you know, it, it sort of, I want to share the successes. So the book had, you know, an incredible launch and it was amazing. It was everywhere and that's awesome. But I would come home each night and I'd read something on social media and I couldn't be, I couldn't be happy. I couldn't be, you know, I, I wasn't excited. I was disappointed because I read a post from somebody that I care about that just was filled with vitriol or hate or, or just disagreement and at a level that I don't understand how they could even say something like that or share information that is just 
bullshit. It's not even real. It's just they're sharing, you know, selected data and facts that skew the truth. And it makes me so upset to watch people share stuff that that they can't um, prove. Right. And I come back to our buddy, Tom Webster, Mm -hmm. who is, um, you know, works for Edison Research and and how much he is. If you're going to share data, you better be able to to back that data up with with some real numbers, some real things that we can look at. But don't just arbitrarily share cherry picked data because that's actually hurting your case. And so when I see people do it over and over and over again, it makes it really hard to want to share a success mm-hmm. in that community because I'm so filled with, with, um, this anxiety of what might happen if somebody looks at that and, and it leads them to a decision that is just wrong because they're, they're making a decision off of data. That's just not true. Um, Chris, I have another client for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it brings me, it brings me to this, I will transition. It brings me to our thought yeah. and this is, this is how we will, we'll move forward. Um, so our thought uh, that rocks this week, Chris, is this. Thoughts that rock number two. Uh, it comes from Truman Capote and it's, it's failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. Now, first I'll say this. Every time I see Truman Capote, I think he's a gangster. <laughs> In my head, I just picture him with one of those machine guns with the whole. And I know he has nothing to do with that, but his name sounds very gangsterish to me. Um, that's that's my brain. Uh, but I come back to this: failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. And I, you know, this idea of never giving up. It's the it's literally the way to take that failure and turn it into a positive to really have people appreciate when they do achieve that goal that they had set, when they do see that forward progress that they've been desperately trying to, to find, you know, even in this last little bit of, we've been talking about, I come back to it's, I, I just, it's like a diet, right? It's uh, well, you know, when, when Chris was saying about, you know, how about we take the last couple of months of, of this year and see if we can't start, Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's change the trajectory of which we're of where we're going to go. I like it, and that to me is part of like. At the same time, there's there's negative Nancy over here who is like, um, you know, I'm going to start that diet tomorrow, <laughs> right after I finish this box of Oreos. You know, it is it is uh, it is one of those things that if we constantly are pushing it off to the next day, it's never going to happen. You're never going to have that foothold to sort of move in the direction you want to go to. And I think that's because of the failure aspect, right? We we don't want to face that failure because it, it's not fun. No one wants to, to face failure, but we have to sort of sit there and go, okay, maybe I made a bad choice by eating that you know, devil dog, but, uh, I I know that tomorrow I can make a better choice and not try to lump everything together. Like it's all or nothing. Right. I'm like, we have to sort of go as Chris said earlier with those small little wins. Right. So you could have, um, spent your day eating really healthy, but at the last second you caved and you had, you know, a handful of M&Ms. Well, that doesn't mean you throw out all the good stuff that you did all day because you had that one little slip up. And I think that that's how we need to sort of approach 
approach the rest of the year here is know that it's probably going to get, there are going to be points that it gets worse before it gets better. And, and as long as we go into it, knowing that those things are going to happen, they're going to exist. But if we try to stay positive, if we make sure that we don't allow these things to just throw us into the abyss, then we can start to celebrate those, uh, those small wins on a regular basis, which gives us the confidence to continue to try to sort of move in that direction. And what do you think, Chris, when it, when it comes to this idea of failure, giving us that the flavor of when we actually find success? You know, I, I think that your example you shared of, of having that a couple M&Ms at the end of the day is something that I think is indicative of our society as we go through this this world, we go through these days, and when we fall or we, we fail, we then say, okay, you know what, I'll just, you know, I'll start again on Monday. And let's say it's a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you know, you have one little slip up of a couple M&Ms and you basically say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, forget Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'll start again Monday. And, and I think to your point, if, if we allowed ourselves to, to say, okay, this was a, you know, a little bit of a mix up or I dropped the ball here. It reminds me of a quote by Zig Ziglar is failure is an event, not a person. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's something that we need to address more and, it doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge those things. I think that's a big thing where people kind of try to set it and forget it without like, you know, really acknowledging it as part as, as opposed to saying, all right, I really didn't need those 12 M&Ms, but you know what? It was 12 M&Ms. It wasn't, you know, 12 box of cookies. It wasn't, you know, 12 horrible days of, of eating poorly and not working out once it was 12 M&Ms. And if you take that in context and say, okay, you know what? I can't go back to 20 minutes ago or an hour ago, but I can try to make tonight's dinner a little bit more healthy. And you know what? I'll you know get to the gym tomorrow morning. And I think that's what we need to try to do to your point, Brent, of just kind of going into the rest of 2020 is, is acknowledging what's happened, yep. being cognizant of it, but not allowing it to then ruin October, November, December, and then ultimately potentially January of, of 2021 is let's say, okay, you know what? Here, here it is. It's happened. How do we move forward together and how do we get our next small win? You know, that's something we talk about with our clients often is, especially in the sales world is, are right, you missed that big client or you had, you know, you didn't hit your numbers for the month of September. How do you start the first week of October with a small victory? All right, let's get our first sale for the month. It doesn't mean you don't care about what happened in September. It doesn't mean you don't address it, but you say, all right, the best thing for me to do right now is to make that first sale yep. and then that second sale and then that third sale. And I think if we took that approach for the rest of 2020, I think we'd be in a much better position. Hmm. You know, it's, it's uh, one, I, I totally agree. And I'm all about that. I'm, I'm working on my next book on, on leadership. And I have an, an entire chapter that talks about incremental wins and just putting these small wins in place. Ultimately you get to, you know, whatever the success is that you were chasing. But I, I will admit, as soon as you said, you guys are following through on the chocolate theme. You know, you would devil dogs and Oreos, and he's coming with M&M's. <laughs> yeah. And my first thought went to Eminem, the artist. I'm like, this guy made a career out of the failure to success, you know, mantra. I mean, you look at all of his songs, even yeah. his biggest one, the, the Lose Yourself. Yeah. You want to, if you're in the dumps, you listen to that song and that just sort of hypes you up, man. I'm, I'm getting eight miled over here. I, I do think, you know, you, you, you think of, um, 
you know, the the failing forward. I, I've heard this phrase of fail fast, fail off, and fail forward. You know, and I can't remember. I think John Maxwell maybe said it first, but there's so many people who use that sort of mentality. We actually, Brand, if you remember, we had um, uh, George McGarren on before. His whole mm-hmm. thing was you have to lose a lot, you yeah. know, before you eventually win. And, you yeah. know, this – Chris, he's a uh, an executive recruiter, and he's he's uh, pretty well known on LinkedIn. But his whole point was, you're gonna fail, and the people that really relish the successes, you know, the encore is always sweeter when you've got all these issues that come before you. So, I'm in that camp. I think you should, you know, if you can, f- fail forward, fail fast, do it often, you know, whatever it is. But man, I, I just think people never realize how great success is if you never go through some of those obstacles, right? You know, you, 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 I think almost when you fail, it makes us almost rethink and, and construct a new plan. It might push us in a different direction that we hadn't even planned at all. It it might even motivate us to, you know, whatever the success metric, whatever that measurement was, you now want to attain just a little bit more of that. So, you know, I, I, you know, Brant, you're used to failing a lot. What, uh, you know, for me, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I had to throw that in, Chris. You know, I, I guess my point is, you never get to Nirvana. You never get to the sweet stuff without the failure along the way. And I think that's that's kind of what Truman Capote is talking about here. And, and I guess my question for you, Chris, do you agree um, in, in that same mentality? You've got to lose a lot. You've got to fail a little bit to get to the awesomeness at the end. You know, I, I think that that is something that as as a society, I think we completely missed the ball on. And I, I agree with you 100 percent is not only do we all have to fail, but to your point, we have to fail. We have to fail often, but we have to. The next part of that is you have to learn from that failure. Yeah. We have to get back up stronger and faster. You know, being being a sports guy, I think we we probably could agree that Tom Brady is is the most successful quarterback, if not football player of all time yeah, probably and, the most famous buck in the air yeah <laughs> uh, definitely definitely he's been there a buccaneer for a few weeks now and, and he's the most famous buck of all time yes. but but if you look at tom brady and and i don't know if you know this brand but i'm a new york giants fan so i'm sorry but Ugh. um tom brady has not won every single game tom brady has not had perfect seasons you know he lost a season to a torn acl he lost a couple Super Bowls, but the thing that I admire about Tom Brady is that he got up stronger, faster. He got up and he became a better version of himself because he wanted to learn from those failures. Of course, he didn't embrace them saying, yes, I'm so glad I failed and I'm so glad we lost the Super Bowl. But as soon as that last, that last second clicked off the top, the clock, he had a decision. He made, he made the decision. He said, am I going to learn from this? Am I going to grow from this? Or am I going to allow this to keep me down? And and to his credit, he's learned from it each and every time. And and I think that's what we need to do when it when it comes to those failures is not look at yourself again. Back to that Zig Ziglar quote: "Is failure is an event, not a person." You you address that, you acknowledge it, but then you learn from it and you become a better version of yourself. Well, I couldn't agree more, especially you know when you lose on a couple of baloney catches um, that. Uh... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have to tell you that I, there is a little piece of me that is very excited that we just had a New York Giants fan praising Tom Brady. So I, I you know, I love you for that. But I appreciate that. And, and just just to address my um, my season this year is already over, so I have to live vicariously yes. through what seems like 500 years ago. So yes, I and I might even become a Bucks fan at this point. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 not get crazy. We'll leave a right. light on for you. <laughs> no problem. There's room for all. Well, you know, I co- I come back to. You know, a friend of ours, Allison Levine, who um, is she is just one of the most incredible people uh, we've ever met. Uh, Allison has, um, you know, climbed Mount Everest. She's she's crossed the South Pole or the North Pole. Uh, yeah, she's, she's literally both poles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yes, it was a it was a crazy. She's that good. She's that good. <laughs> she's you know all of five feet tall and ninety pounds, and she is just one of the biggest badasses you've ever met in your life. And you know when I'm the first time I really watched her, she she is one of the most successful female. Uh, well, not even female. She's one of the most successful keynote speakers in the country, mm-hmm. and and as a female, really leads the charge. And and I am sitting there watching her talk about, you know, the the first time she tried to climb Everest, and you know, I had no idea that when you climb, there's like it's it's not just start at the bottom and go to the top. <laughs> it is it is a <laughs> it is this plan where you basically have what I would describe as planned failure. You're going to get to camp one and then you're going to rest and then you're going to go to camp two and then you're going to have to go back to camp one and rest. And then you're going to have to go back to camp two and you're going to have to stay there for a minute. And then you're gonna have to go back to camp one and rest. It's like, it's constantly moving backwards to go forward. Even when you get to the top, it's like take four steps forward. You got to take two steps back and rest for a second. It is crazy. Literally this idea of having to plan to go backwards in order to move forward and that's the only way to survive summiting Everest you can't just go in a single line without ever having any backwards movement and that like literally changed my perspective on failing is that if we can plan for the failures and just expect them then we're never going to be taken by surprise. We're never going to sort of like have the wind knocked out of us to the point where we're like, I can't, I never saw that coming. No, we did see that coming. We didn't know maybe exactly when it was going to happen, but we had planned for this so that when we take that two steps back, we can continue to, to take that extra step forward and know that eventually we're going to get to that, that summit that we want to reach. And when I sort of, had that conversation with her, like it, it just changed how I felt just being incredibly competitive. And especially in the sports world, you come out, it's all about winning. And, and if you don't lose, um, you get a little complacent, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I look at guys like, uh, Tim Tebow, who I'm not a huge, you know, Tebow fan, but I will, I look at a guy who spent the better part of his amateur career winning, 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 winning. And all of a sudden he gets to that next level and it's all about losing. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's such a hard thing to deal with when you've spent your life on winning teams, winning championships, that when the adversity finally hits you, you've got to figure out a way to continue to move forward. So, you know, if you've spent that long 
how, Chris, how is it with you with your clients that have spent the majority of their lives winning that find themselves all of a sudden on a losing team? Yeah, you know, it's it's that's a really interesting example you gave with with Tim Tebow, and and I think his his post college football career has has not been successful compared to what it was and i don't mean in any way that he's he's not successful he's been very successful in life but from the sports perspective i think you know he was so successful at at such an early point in his college career but to your to your question it is it's difficult for for clients and and it's difficult a couple ways is one there are those clients and those teams and coaches that win but then find themselves on a different team or a different organization and they don't get back to that level right. um, and they don't, and they don't win. So in, in that situation, it's breaking down again, going back to controlling the controllables and, and putting your best team and your best effort. And sometimes at that point, that's all you can do when it comes to having a, a really bad team or having a, a tough season of injuries and things like that is, is what can we control? You know, we can't make our quarterback not have a 20 ACL. We can't have those two guys that, are out for the season all of a sudden back to the season but it's it's focusing on again those small wins and and a lot of the college teams and the, and sports teams we work with it's going da- back to breaking down what you can control and focusing on those small wins as, as opposed to those those big losses and especially in college basketball you have those seasons where you know you're not going to make it to the NCAA tournament and you know you're not going to win your conference so what do you do at that point? Do you just throw in the rest of the season or do you then say, okay, let's now identify a couple of small wins we could have to end the season on a positive. So for example, winning your next, you know, four games or winning your, your last three home games, little things like that, where again, it doesn't change the trajectory of the season where you say, wow, now everything's perfect, but it does allow you to have that positive momentum going into the next season. And it doesn't take away the pain or the losses, but it does help, Re- reframe the the picture the mindset you have going to the next season and that's something that is is it's so much easier said than done but it's so important because it can have a a monumental impact not only now but heading into next season or next sales cycle you even see that at the end of of uh football games i mean they're, they're clearly you've been blown out you're not going to win the game but it's still if you're in a the last two minute offense or even the last four or five plays People are still hustling. They're trying to build upon it. It might even be the last game of the year and their season's done, but they're going, this is going to help propel us into next year. There are things that we can work on with, like you said, these these small wins, these incremental wins that I think that could help people just continue to stay positive. And again, I know your world, between your podcast, which is called No Quit Living, and your book, The Positivity Tribe, I mean, I'm sure not just clients, but you have a lot of people that are following in your your positive journey here, where Chris can people stay in touch with you and maybe get a little bit more information or just they need a jolt of some positivity in their life these days. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you for, for that opportunity. As you said, uh, po- the podcast is no quit living. The website is no quit but I always share my personal email address, which is Chris at no quit I love to Awesome. connect with new people um i'd love to connect with different people from all different walks of life and if anybody wants to follow us we're active on social media under no quit living and we just love putting stuff out there but you know i have to say too we also repost and we reshare a bunch of people's stuff and the reason we do that is there's so many 
amazing people that are putting out great content. There are Thank so you. many companies. Yes, no, you're right. I, that was specifically just to you. Um, <laughs> shout out to you. I, um, I look for wherever I can find a window, Chris. That's it. Chris, I'm sorry I subjected you to this whole thing, man. I, I'm thrilled that you still came on our show, but uh, you had this face gym uh, this early in the morning is yes. not fair to anybody. Well, I, well, I just I'm so excited because, like I said early on, is I'm completely changing my entire company as, as you know, our colors are red, black, and white, but we're just completely throwing that out. And I have to now see what we can use or trademark with the Titanic because I'm, I'm definitely yes. going to, uh, yes. going to change that, uh, that oh. entire tune. And yeah. I also think that I'm going to try to get Nick Saban to be part of the Titanic. No quit story. Cause I think, uh, we can take on the world. Agreed. Agreed. If I see Nick Saban at the front of a boat saying, I'm king of the world, you it's will just have a, a It's a poster with Rose on the door and some bubbles next to her, and it says, no quit living. <laughs> and, and, Nick, and Nick Saban is just is just hugging Jack uh, yes. on the side of the boat. Yes. This has just gotten weird. Yes. <laughs> Something just happened in our show. I love it. I love it. Well, where can people follow you on social media, brother? Uh, we're on Instagram and fa- and Facebook are two probably most active. It's just uh, no underscore quit underscore living for Instagram. And then Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash no quit living. And like I said, we love uh, connect with new people and, and we love spreading our message. But most importantly is, is I've met some amazing people such as, such as you guys um, from social media. And it's just, uh, it's amazing how you can uh, just find people when you kind of put that, you know, the trajectory out there is look, I'm trying to, become more positive will be more successful or learn or improve and i think you know it's like your five-week course you have going on now brand is when you put stuff out there like that you attract the people that not only want that need that but but realize that those are the type of people that you want to have in your tribe well listen brother we uh appreciate you we are happy to be a part of your tribe and just can't thank you enough for spending some time with us on thoughts that rock i appreciate it. thank you guys it was uh it was a lot of fun and i had a blast same here Take rock on this. buddy Bye-bye. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.